It is January 22nd, the go-home smackdown right before the Royal Rumble. This is Wrestling Inc. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Giri. Mr. Matt Morgan will be coming along in a moment. And uh, yeah, man, smackdown before the Rumble. Setting a lot of things up tonight, putting a lot of stuff in place. Raj, do you think this did a better job tonight than Raw did last night, making you excited for the Rumble this Sunday? Uh, I thought it was a little better, yeah. I thought, you know, the stuff with Randy Orton and Samoa Joe just, you know, gave the Rumble itself a little bigger of bigger of a feel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, we talked about this last night. I still am curious where they're going with the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. There's no obvious direction. Yeah, it's uh, everything feels very much in flux right now, but I think uh, ultimately that's a good thing. They're not tipping their hand on their plans. I think it'll become a lot more clear after yeah. Sunday what the agenda is, which is good because the Royal Rumble, I don't know about you, but I think it is one of the consistently one of the best pay-per-views when done well. Um, like it's, it actually went just done decently because the Rumble match itself is always so exciting. I think that uh, depending on how this goes, we could be in for a lot of pleasant surprises in the build-up to Mania. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, this is always kind of the kickoff. I mean, basically, uh, last week is the week when the ratings bounce back and they start putting more effort into stuff. Football's done. So, you know, we're kind of in the hate using WWE pay-per-view names, but we are kind of in the fast lane now. Yes. I hate the name of the fast lane pay-per-view. I think yeah, that's the that, worst. I mean, that's, that's why it's named that. Well, except the, the year we had two of them. We had two of them. We had one in the, like, winter. It was Fastlane Roadblock or something like that. Remember? Was it, it Fastlane or was it something else? I thought Just it was uh, It was road. I thought it was Roadblock something else. And then that was called Roadblock, but I could be wrong. Huh. Somebody in the chat researched this for us. Um, the history of the Fastlane pay-per-view. You know, I know this seems like a nitpicky gripe and not one that I want to go off on a complete tangent, but I think every WWE pay-per-view should be like the Royal Rumble, should be like Survivor Series. Um, unless it's WrestleMania, you need to have a gimmick that's tied into your name, like Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank. I I don't agree with that. Um, just because I feel like the Hell in the Cell gimmick means a lot less now that it's done just as an annual pay-per-view. I mean... It's fine doing it once a year on a random pay-per-view, but the fact that there's a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell, it, it means you're having a Hell in a Cell match for the sake of having a Hell in a Cell match because that's the name of your pay-per-view, as opposed to these two guys or the two girls hate each other so much and they've had such an intense feud that the only way to settle it is at a, in the Hell in a Cell match, wherever that, that might be, you know, at WWE Vengeance or whatever. So... Um, I, you know, the, the problem with these gimmick matches like Survivor Series is no one really cares unless you got something big on the line. You know, Money in the Bank, you got something big on the line. Royal Rumble, you do. But outside of that, you don't really. And that's why uh, Survivor Series, there's, there's been less interest in that than any of the major pay-per-views. So it was Roadblock in March of 2016, followed by Roadblock End of the Line in 2016. That's but I believe nice. Roadblock came after Fastlane. So it was like, Fastlane, not so fast, Roadblock. <laughs> which is All these stupid. highway... Highway pay-per-view names. What would the gimmick be for Fastlane? The Elimination Chamber, you got the chamber. For Fastlane, what would it be? Like, no entrances. Everyone just goes right in the ring and starts fighting. Yeah, right. Um, One match after the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something. <laughs> Telling know. you. The gimmicks. The gimmicks can make the pay-per-view. Uh, the Sweet Royal Rumble. Oh, my God. 
30 men, 30 women. This is going to be a really, really good Sunday. I hope they don't screw it up. Ticket sales, not so hot still. What are you hearing about uh, where the how fast the tickets are moving? What's still available at this point? Now, there's still a lot still available. And I'm sure if you use, uh, you know, our Geek app, I, they're not a sponsor tonight, but still check them out. I'm sure you could find some great deals on there. Yeah, promo code INC, save 10 bucks off your first purchase. Um, yeah. yeah, the secondary market's got to be taking a beating on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's it's not, Phoenix is not really, the, you know, a hotbed of pro wrestling. Uh, so to do a, even a, even if it's a baseball stadium, it's not a football stadium that they're doing, but uh, still it's, it's ambitious, but I'm sure by the time the pay-per-view comes around, it'll, it'll look good on camera. Well, and here's the crazy thing they're doing. I believe this is the first time this is happening outside of a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. They're doing access at the Royal rumble. So we're going to have meet and greets with the fans. They're going to have the, uh, what's it? The world's collide tournament there between UK 205 Live and NXT. Um, I mean, they're doing a lot more around the Royal Rumble this year than they ever have, uh, except for, of course, SummerSlam and WrestleMania. Yeah, and I think some of that is just to boost access tickets, you know, because um, the Worlds Collide, that's part of access. They got three three days uh, that they're doing for access. So, um, yeah, I mean... You know that's the one thing when you when you do it in a big stadium, you got to fill those seats, and um and and there's there's a lot more people that are going to be there, so you need to really pack those weekends up. So have you have you gone to access much aside from the press day? No, no. I see. I no, dig it. I would I would go to yes, yeah, I would go to access and just not even go to the pay per view. I would just go to the access sessions. Those are a lot of fun. Mister Matt Morgan, how are you feeling about tonight's SmackDown? Let me explain to you how this works. When I pop up in the bottom like right hand corner. All right, the internet is a buzzing. All right, records are being broken, downloads, whatever you want to call it, clicks are being broken, and people are excited. You acknowledge me immediately, Glenn Rubenstein. You don't make me wait like that. I'm sorry, I was in the middle of a point. And I'm joking. And yeah. Glenn, yeah, Glenn, not Raj. Glenn, definitely not Raj. Glenn, most certainly not Raj. Thank you for donating to that family. They said thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And they are very welcome. Please pass on my uh, good luck, good fortune, and good blessings to them in this trying time. Helped a little boy celebrate their birthday tonight, actually. Um, beforehand, that's why I'm a little bit late tonight, and I apologize. That was fantastic. I'm glad to hear they're doing well. Um, so SmackDown tonight opened with Becky Lynch coming out and cutting a promo. Badass. Yeah, Badass. absolutely. Interrupted by Asuka, and they just got into a brawl, man. I mean, she, Becky was whipping her with her leather jacket. Um, it was insane. And then backstage after the commercial, they were still going at it. I feel like even with uh, Charlotte's little interruption here tonight, I mean, Becky and Asuka just owned this. Charlotte didn't seem like she was in their league, I thought, in this segment. Matt, what did you think? I never would have predicted that a year ago. But, yes, that's a great, great call. You know what I mean? Uh, that's exactly the way it felt. It was like A and B, and then there was definitely a C, and it was Charlotte for one. I know, you know who I'm the bigger fan of usually. I it also how she came across. I felt like like Charlotte looked like she was dressed for like a, you know, a, a, a night out in the city. You know, yes. like uh, going to a club or something. Not while Becky and Oscar looked like they were ready to fight. They were, but you got to admit that Charlotte does look like even though she looked like she's going to club, she still looked like a star. I thought physically yeah yeah no absolutely 
Um, they're building this up. I think it's going to happen. I know we were talking about this, but I really think uh, this is going to come down to Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda with Charlotte winning the Rumble and then saying, let's prove who's really the best in the WWE women's division. I feel like that's why they're keeping Charlotte in this pole position, even though she has nothing to do with the Becky and Asuka feud currently. I, I kind of see that too. I think a lot of people are expecting that. WrestleMania to be a triple threat. I, I hope they don't go that way. Um, right. I know the argument is that they'll probably have a better match with all three of them in there, but I think for if if you want to like have a coronation for Becky Lynch, uh, I feel like her beating Ronda Rousey uh, is the biggest moment that you could have in the women's division in history, uh, and that is bigger than than her beating Charlotte again, uh, you know, her pinning Charlotte in that match. Uh, so that's why I, I hope they don't go with the triple threat. I just don't feel like it's as big as a marquee uh, than a, than a singles match between Becky and Ronda. Yeah. You know how they do it? I had the idea today how they do it and protect Ronda. It's a nice legacy thing. Uh, if Cindy Lauper indeed gets inducted to the hall of fame and is there, put her in a little mini angle with Ronda picking up the torch from her feud with Piper from back in the day. Yeah. I loved when Cindy Lauper would get involved in these feuds. I think if she's going in the Hall of Fame this year, I know I tweeted out she does not have a tour date this year. Someone I wasn't on WrestleZone or some other podcast was saying they've heard some rumblings that I guess she was on tour last year when Mania was happening. People are saying this might finally be the time. I think for old time's sake, put, put Lauper in a feud. You know, she was always so good in those segments. She's like 60 now. <laughs> she doesn't need to take a bump, Raj. No, but you don't get a, a 60 year old celebrity, a pop singer involved in a wrestling. <laughs> Stranger things have happened in the WWE. You know, May Young gave birth to getting, a hand. Hey, guys, really quick, I just want to give you a heads up in the fans at home. I'm getting headphones. You're welcome. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> it's for real. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever they decide to do with the women for Mania. Um, I thought this was great. So interesting. They followed this up with Naomi versus Mandy Rose. And then that video package literally looked like it came right off Temptation Island. It was very real. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was the worst thing on the show. It, it, it felt was. like it was the young and the restless. It was. It was terrible, guys. Hang on. Yeah. So they recapped the whole thing. Mandy Rose trying to break up her marriage. What happened in the hotel room last week? All the build build up this match. Uh, and it looks like the feud's going to continue because Mandy got the win here. I don't think this is over. I, I don't think so. I do think. I mean, it does seem like the whole point of this feud is to build make a star out of Mandy, and so uh, that would be her ultimately winning this feud. I think so. I mean, it easily could be over and, and they move on. But uh, even if it continues, I would think that the the end game would be to have Mandy go over and uh, come out a bigger star out of this, which I, I feel like she has. I think it's uh, helped her a lot. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know. I know you guys have been saying Mandy as a solo act, but I think for the women's tag teams, I think uh, Mandy and Sonia picking that up and they get Naomi a new partner it's a good way to continue the story without running into the ground as a one-on-one -on -one feud. How do I, I think I can do that? Let's How hear it. Um, no, nothing. We hear you clear. You sound clear. Yeah. It's just not loud. How about now? 
How about now? Seems better, but yeah, I mean, we can hear you okay. The level's just a little quiet. All right. it, it's still better. It's still better. Yeah, yeah okay. we're good. Yeah, continue. Sorry. So, uh, Mandy and Naomi, Matt, mm-hmm. match of the night, match of the year, feud of the year. Ooh, I mean, ew. yeah, no. Um, really, match of the no. year? No, I'm no, no. That was an <laughs> ugly match. I don't know. I was. I also wasn't expecting Homegirl on topping up with Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin to call out Molina versus uh, Homegirl's match of the century or her favorite right. match. Date. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, but um, yeah, that was terrible. But it's a shame because Naomi is a freaking thoroughbred in that ring, man. She's got it all. To, to me, she's the entire package. Naomi. So I, I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, that was an ugly match. It was sluggish. Um, but again, to to kind of get Mandy over, to kind of keep making her a star, because obviously Vince has got high hopes for her. Oh, so that's true. It accomplished that, but that was an ugly match. It was, and that's Trish Jr. for her. And here's the thing. Here's why it doesn't really accomplish. Well, it does accomplish it, but it doesn't. Trish, at this point, well, she's still kind of managing. But still, she was starting to piece together when her rise started. She was starting to put piece together certain matches, right? Some signature matches, if you will. Um, this was not one of them for Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose needs to start putting together some decent resume-style matches. And this was her chance versus Naomi to do that. Yeah. 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 I think that. And I also think there's something missing with their character. I think she looks the part, but there's she's just, acting. yeah, she's acting. She doesn't feel natural uh, right now. Uh, what, and, what, uh, I, what, what I told you, Vince used to say to me, Matt, you're playing wrestler. I need you to be wrestler. I used to argue with him like, hello, none of these guys are wrestlers. If this was real, <laughs> none of them. Would <laughs> you didn't correct him, Matt, and say, Vince, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. <laughs> it wasn't around yet wasn't it? I don't remember <laughs> oh man uh, so after that Mandy got the win oh jeez um, so that we got a promo from Rey Mysterio they were announced uh, that Selena Vega would be banned from the ringside for his two out of three falls match against Andrade later in the night uh, we saw the Miz backstage with Shane warming up which led to the Miz versus Cesaro and uh, this is a pretty decent one-on-one match with Cesaro picking up the win, nailing the neutralizer. But after that, man, they just attacked. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro attacking the Miz, attacking Shane. Shane didn't get his jump to the table in. They powerbombed Shane on top of the Miz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raj, by your booking logic, this leads me to believe the co-besties are getting those titles on Sunday. Do you think uh, this was enough to make them seem like true underdogs, Matt? It seemed like underdog. Who? Miz and yeah, Shane? Yeah. No, absolutely not. But nobody's buying that they're not coming out of here without the the tag titles. It, this is a foregone conclusion, and it's going to lead, like I continue to say, some super entertaining segments. Like SmackDown could be heavy Shane and Miz, and I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's clear that Shane and, and the Miz are winning. Um, and you know, like uh, like Matt said, I think that's good. I think they're the most, uh, you know, with outside the ring segments, I think they've yes. been the most entertaining, along with Daniel Bryan. So um, I, I'm all for it continuing. Yeah. Um, after that, <clears throat> man, that kick when they showed him replay, Shane uh, uh, taking that in the face from Sheamus, that looked really really stiff. Not good. It's like Shane asked them to deliver it, you know, two hundred percent. He probably did. He is like that. Yeah. 
I don't know. You think he'd learn his lesson after all the health problems he had last year? I will. I will. Remember what I talked to you guys about, like the carpet footprint, the bicycle kick. Anytime you see a big boot or anything, the knee is generally if the guy is good at throwing it safely, but making it look disastrous. Is that knee is always going to be slightly hinged, so the wrestler can literally put the boot right on his own mush. Even Kurt Angle was the best at that. Matt Hardy too. They would grab your boot and go boom. Like, oh, yeah. As you're throwing it at him 100 miles an hour, I could never do that. I don't know how the hell they did, though. Yeah. Well, after that, we saw a video package of Samoa Joe's attack and Mustafa Ali last week and an amazing promo from Mustafa shot in the street. It looks like film, very cinematic, very gritty. I will admit, I, I, I dug it. I thought this was, in a lot of ways, this was one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. It didn't come across as contrived and, and it had that gritty, like a, a UFC countdown feel, like with, you know, on the street, uh, with the, uh, you know, the style that it was shot in. I thought it was awesome. And, and, you know, not just Ali, which I thought Ali killed it in this promo, but just how it was filmed and how it looked. It didn't look like the, the fake reading a, a promo stuff that they always do. And, you know, like that they even had uh, during the show. So I, I really liked it. I'd love to see them use that kind of style more for, you know, like if you use that for like AJ and Daniel Bryan, as opposed to them arguing over eating meat. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I think it would be a lot more effective. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, Vince McMahon came out to the ring to hype up the title match that's happening on Sunday between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and uh, brought out AJ, brought out Daniel and words were exchanged. Uh, D Bry uh, cutting down Vince quite a bit there, incorrectly labeling him a baby boomer. Uh, Vince was born a year too early for that, but uh, really blaming all the ills of who, co who comes up with that. Uh, the what generation thing. Yeah, like the name of the generation and what year it starts. Like who well, came up with like Generation X is going to be yeah. called Generation X and it starts this year. That is a good question. I believe the baby boom specifically refers to the period of increased population after World War II. So the right. idea was like, it couldn't well, happen. Millennials and all this like prohibition. Yeah. I mean, it can't really yeah. happen during Gen the time. Y. Yeah, it's very strange, uh, but people have been talking about this a lot lately, about the generational divide. I thought it was just kind of interesting, um, and it's funny because Vince, would he be anything less than a member of the greatest generation, which is the generation that came before the baby boom? Um, I thought this was interesting tonight. I don't know. This whole angle feels too real to me. Matt Morgan, what do you think? Global warming, is it a hoax? Is it for real? What are your views? Good try, Glenn. You didn't get anybody. <laughs> no comment. It just bums me out. It bums me out because I feel like it's very real. I feel like Daniel Bryan is making. There is something obviously going yeah. on. Hello. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know whether to say like your girl, Ocasia, uh, from what's her name from New York? Ocasio Ortiz, she doesn't represent my district. I mean, she's yeah, but Democrat. she's your home girl. I already know. She's actually, I think she's. Out. You got to remember, dude, I'm, I'm your age, Matt. I, I look at people like her, millennials like her, and I'm like, these kids today, what's up with them? Well, when she's telling people that 12 years from now, the world's going to end and we shouldn't have to care about who pays for taxes. <laughs> I got a problem with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, 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 that's what she just recently said, by the way. 12 years, the world's going to end, by the way. And she said life. Who said that? Uh, Casia Cortez. She said it in a, a huge, like, big to-do. Uh, I think it was today, actually, or yesterday. She had like a big conference and she was saying how like got somebody asked like, hey, how are you going to pay for 
all these free things, free tuition, free this, free that. It's got to come from somewhere. And like somebody raised their hand and asked that. And she goes, she goes, we need to stop worrying about where it's going to come from when like the world's going to end in 12 years. I think that's a little bit more important. Don't you? And I was <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, in the words of Ben Shapiro, he says, I don't know how much I put stock into something that somebody gives me statistic with the word like before it. <laughs> you know, it's like going to end in 12 years. Well, I think I believe it's the well, tipping point she's referring to. The idea yeah, that Yeah, I think she's referring if we don't do anything. That's my point. Climate, she, she doesn't Yeah, that's my point. She but okay, yeah. so my point with the whole thing, you know, I've been making changes. I've been vegan There's for There's uh, something there. there is sure, okay. Something yeah. There. So I, I've been vegan yes. for 15 years plus now. Uh this year uh sorry, for a month past month I've been on a whole foods plant-based diet. I've been cutting out salt, no oil, no sugar. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, if the world's ending in 20 years, why do I want to live to be 80 years old? Ooh. You know, that's, like, that's or quite an interesting question. Or if we're going to be will. in some weird road warrior style post-apocalyptic thing, like maybe I can die young. Here is the thing I will say. Yeah. And I'm no vegan, guys. I love my meat. I love my chicken. I love my fish. I, I eat fish predominantly. What I was told, and this is going to happen as we're going to see more and more of it, it's harder and harder to digest uh, ground turkey, ground beef, mm. no matter how fat-free it is, guys. I eat like 90, 97% generally. And I can't digest it anymore. I just can't. It gets stuck inside. You end up needing a, a colonic and things yeah. like that to clear yourself out. Switching to a plant-based diet does help. And then more people are going to see that. And I, I'm no vegan. I'm just telling you, I was told I should switch to that. Well, then isn't it weird to have Daniel Bryan, who's supposed to be the heel, saying right. all these things where you're like, well, he's right. making some really valid points, guys. Yes, he is. You well, know, it's supposed to be preachy, right? Like they've done that in the like past CM with – so right. Yeah. And alcohol. Yeah. Right. And, and and they remember for a short while they were doing the religious thing with Goldust, where he was like uh, over the top religious for a little bit. And uh, and yeah, I mean, that's just uh, they're just it's not necessarily the environment that's supposed to be the heel, I guess. But it's uh, well, Daniel Bryan remember, being preachy about it. Do you remember, though, like during CM Punk stuff like Triple H, like. Dude, you say you don't drink, you don't smoke, you sound like a dork. I wouldn't want to hang out with you. And like, probably would cheer. I'm like, why are we bullying this though? Why are you all right. doing this? And all the kids in the audience are like, yeah, you loser. Yeah, I'm like, something's wrong here. This is backwards. That's a good thing. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, it is what it is, but I just think this. You know, Daniel Bryan, I find him entertaining. I was not bored during this segment, but it comes across as very mid-card. Like, really? uh, yeah. these are your two top guys, and they're arguing over... When you uh, say it that the, way, don't, I'm not going to let you say it, because it makes me feel like a fool for being sucked into it, which I am. <laughs> but when you put it on paper, I do. I, I feel foolish. <laughs> like emotionally investing like, over, like you said, being vegan and him critiquing people's, you know? Right. I mean, like can you imagine if Conor McGregor and Khabib, you know, Nurmagomedov, <laughs> like their promos? So it's just hard to get invested in that feud when when that's their issue. And uh, when there could be so much more. They're Stop two of the best wrestlers it. in the company. Right? Sometimes I just want the bell to ring and want the two best in the world wrestlers. Is there anything wrong with that? No, but I think that's a better story than 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 this i you think two, two of the best wrestlers in the world and brian couldn't beat him finally got the upper hand and then is dodging him and then aj finally gets his world title opportunity yeah. uh and you know i feel like that's a lot better story and more intriguing than than hot dogs and concession stands maybe they're just 
Yeah, real quick. I'm sorry. I keep yeah, no, go for it. But like, I know. I just wanted to say, don't you think this is a little concession though to Daniel Bryan, right? That isn't yeah. wasn't rumored he might not resign at one point or some something like that. Are they giving him maybe creative, <laughs> a little bit of creative freedom or something? Yeah. Like so ne- so next week, Daniel Bryan sure. takes you behind the scenes at a factory farm to talk about all of the the ills of uh, slaughterhouses. They've got to be careful. Now, right. I'm not agreeing yeah. with it. They need to be careful how far to let him go. Yeah, and you could tell they're definitely cow. T- not cow town is the wrong word, but like you know, it's, okay, Daniel, we'll let you do this. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's a lot of it. You could tell like Daniel Play Bryan's me. got some creative freedom with this, and he's doing well with it. It's just not a, it's just not a main event level kind of thing. It shouldn't be enough to make somebody want to punch you in the mouth. No, it's not. It would almost work better um, if you got you Matt. You've seen this, some of those plant based, hundred percent plant based bodybuilders. Those guys that yeah. like are super yeah. thin. That's all they talk about is I can only like, do this with vegans. Yeah, put a guy like that in a feud with someone yes. like Otis Dosevic, you know, and be like steaks and weights. Look at you, fat ass, you know, and then sit there and show off, you know, hundred percent plant powered. That's how you do it. And make it relevant to the story, but this is just depressing. In a babyface yeah. manner too, you could yeah. as well actually. But yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, this segment bummed me out, but it's good to see Vince on TV. Uh, but yeah, this doesn't Vince. Vince just isn't Vince anymore. Like when I see him no. on TV, he just seems something. He, he just doesn't seem himself. He just seems like he's out there because he has to be. He seems tired. He looks fifty years older than he did fifteen Even, years ago. He does. Even his walk, his stomp down to the ring. He doesn't stomp up the stairs no more. And I don't blame him. That's how you tear an ACL, right? But yeah. nonetheless, these guys. He is the age he is. We gotta like. Give him seventy-three. We gotta like back off a little bit and go. This dude's seventy-three. Like, what am I doing at seventy-three? Am I getting on TV? No, (laughs) no, no. I'm not taking headbutts from Kevin Owens at seventy-three. Oh my god, that's right. (laughs) Um, our truth is, Vince is a Vince is a warrior, but uh, he just it's almost kind of sad remembering him before and and seeing him now. I just I don't think he's he's not trying. Honestly, I don't. I don't think it's that he's not trying. I think he's he's seventy three yeah. years old now. Finally, yeah. So our truth backstage with Carmella, they were talking about uh, he's going to enter the men's rumble at number thirty. She's going to enter the women's rumble. Which champion they're going to want to face if they win? And then that <laughs> led to a bit of a face off between Carmella and Charlotte, talking about the rumble, and uh, they'll see each other there to see uh, who's who's the better competitor. Um, Same with the scripting in this promo. You could tell how WWE sees Brock and how they see AJ and Daniel Bryan, right? Because R-Truth's all excited to face AJ and Daniel Bryan, but he's scared to face Brock and doesn't want that. Uh, But he'd be happy to face Buddy Murphy. You know, he called him Bobby Murphy or whatever. Um, You know, you just, you could kind of see with their scripting how they... they What do you do? Do you you ignore the obvious? One's a friggin' Leviathan, Neanderthal, Captain Caveman who will rip your you-know-what in half, and the other two, no disrespect to either one, both are, I love them to death, and they're both their friends, but both, I mean, if you didn't know they were wrestlers at the airport, would you stop them and pull them over and be like, wow, Dad, I want to grow up and look like that? No. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But maybe don't even bring that up at the promo. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. You know, like yeah, you mentioned point. AJ, mentioned Daniel Bryan, how he's always wanted to wrestle him, uh, and don't bring up there the Lesnar bit. Okay. Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is this keeps going. This. Okay. Yeah, this, so I, yeah, I, go I for it. On the, I, I'm sorry, guys. I crapped on the poor guy, what, last week, I believe it was. And within one week, I'm not exaggerating, he's made me a little bit more of a fan. 
Mustafa Vince, Ali. Vince McMahon, you know, Mustafa Ali was on Jericho's podcast and he was saying how Vince McMahon once told him that he has this, that Ali has this, uh, this quality, this trait that just gets you behind him. Like he's like that real underdog where you are, but you find yourself rooting for him. And Jeff I totally Hardy see that. Has I, it too. Jeff Hardy has it too, by the way, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't help. Daniel Bryan had it too. You just yes. can't help but get behind him. And uh, you really want to see him do well. And uh, I, I, I feel like all that is, is a very uh, insightful uh, quote from Vince, but yeah, I, I was, I found myself really rooting for Ali in this match and I love Samoa oh. Joe. So. It was interesting so. though, having Samoa Joe win, don't you think? I was a little, I was a little surprised by that. I'm always happy when Joe wins though. <laughs> I love Joe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, As a fan too, it I does. You know, it's kind of what I've said when I always say with a lot of these guys where they're getting the wins and once the losses start piling in, that just kills their momentum. Ali's momentum is definitely stalled from just a month and a half ago when he had pinned Daniel Bryan and, you know, he was uh, really on the up and up. I would argue it stalled even from uh, that badass segment they did with him. Yeah, yeah. stalled in the show. Awesome. That was, in my opinion, that did more for him than a lot of the matches I've seen. I don't care yeah. what flip flops and fly, fly crap he does in that ring. That promo really was like, okay, that's it. I'm gonna start rooting for this guy now. Yeah, yeah. and then he, and then he was kind of you know it was kind of a one sided match for his you know not completely but yeah. basically when, when, kinda, with two top guys it was it was pretty 85, uh, decisive. Eighty five fifteen, I thought eighty to twenty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the balance in this. So I could see it going one of two ways with either of these guys winning the Rumble. Because, Matt, to your point um, about the chance of Joe winning, him coming out at the end and getting involved in the main event at the very end with Ray uh, made him look like a killer there. But yeah. then the idea that he could go in and destroy and then Ali could be the one that steps up and overthrows him. I like that story. I think either one yeah. of those could work out well. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way. Like either it's building Samoa Joe back to be a killer. Yeah, I hope so. They kind of do that start and stop with them a lot. Yes. Or uh, this is just part of the feud, and it's to build sympathy for Ali, and then eventually he, you know, maybe he throws Joe out of the rumble and eventually gets the win down the road. Then here's my question. Are we not copying David versus Goliath from Raw that we just saw? <laughs> they do that every week anyway. Why well, I, <laughs> I stop now? But, yeah, so I think they even mentioned David and Goliath during uh, this Ooh. match, didn't they? Yeah, there, there was one match where Corey Graves mentioned David and Goliath, and I thought it was this one. So we saw the New Day backstage talking to Kayla Braxton, uh, cameo from Tony Shamel, uh, asking the New Day about their Chimel. odds in the uh, Shamel. It's Shamel, not uh, it's I always Tony say Shamel. Shamel. I always say Shamel. I apologize. I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's Chimel. it's a Hebrew thing with the the ch. Um, anyhow, so. Uh, they talk about them winning the Rumble. Kofi saying he's got a big idea for the Rumble, but he's not revealing it yet. So he's, all, he's basically saying he's planning on getting thrown out. Yes. He's getting, <laughs> yes. But I, want, I am interested every year to see what he does to top it. It, it is. It is. It's, it's always awesome. I, I felt like they didn't. Did they do that last year? Oh, yeah, last year they caught it. They caught Kofi, I think. It wasn't the same. It wasn't like his pogo stick on his hands or pogo stick on the uh, JBL's chair. That's <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and then the main event tonight, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Man, I want to say Cien Almas. So hard just to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this match went for a good long time. I was actually 
invested in who was going to win it before that interference. Interference. Yeah. What did you think of this, man? Do Do you guys really think that was a main event? Like, uh, honestly, on paper, you're paying it for a ticket. You're a ticket. You're going to purchase a ticket. And here is Rey Mysterio versus him as a main event. Would you go to that show? As a fan of wrestling? Yes. As a you fan of... go to it? Uh, well, if I was there, I would not be disappointed that was the main event. It's times like this, I don't like doing the show. No offense, guys, because, like, Ray's a friend. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm shitting on my buddy right now, right? But I got to put my, my fan hat on, honestly. And I right. uh, put my fan hat on and going, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay for that. I don't know, man. He did. No, uh, the I, I, the Matt, to your, to your, to, you know, it's about superstars, right? Ray's a superstar. Yeah. Andrade isn't yet. So that's not a quite a main event yet. That should be second from the top. I, I know what you're saying, right? But it is SmackDown. The, the crowd there is getting a different main event. They got a dark match main event later in the night. But uh, okay. yeah, as, as, as a TV main event, but that's that they do that on Raw almost every other week now, where the, the most anticipated matches earlier in the show. You guys are a little bit bigger, though. I mean, Seth Rollins, I would argue, is a little bit taller. He's like, he's very tall, actually. Um, I just think they physically look bigger and more impressive. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not trying like- to be like a size guy either. I'm really not. Well, compared to you, Matt, aren't they all small guys compared to you? I mean, you know. Yeah, they all are. So they're all at, right? If you look at it that way. But it's like, might as well be honest. watching Hornswoggle in there. No, I keep going back to my first wrestling show at, at, at uh, Hartford Coliseum. And tugging on my dad's, he's wearing a suit from work. Tugging on his suit. And I was like, I want to look like that when I grow up, Dad. I swear to God, it was that, that, the exact thing. And it was Andre the Giant. Like, I wanted to look, I wanted to be like Andre. Yeah. Yeah, it. Um, I mean, the, the larger than life superstars is, uh, is is missing a lot today in wrestling, and uh, and it, again, it doesn't necessarily have to do with size. It Conor McGregor have. is larger than life. Yes, um, it's yeah. how you present yourself. It's how you you come across. But Andre, yeah. Matt, I mean, he couldn't use a regular toilet, man. I mean, shouldn't there be I like know. a cap on your aspirations? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He used a bucket. Yeah. I want to be big, but not not Andre big. Somewhere you know in between. Dude, it was uh, right after his haircut. I cried. I mm. cried like two. ST Jones, he was, the shittiest tag team partner in the history of tag team partners. <laughs> you got yeah. shit canned over the top rope, ST Jones, and you sold for fifteen minutes. Wait, your partner had a tag team. <laughs> That's when Andre was still wearing. Andre was still wearing trunks back then, right? Blue trunks. And here's the thing. I hated it so much. I got his uh, action figure for Christmas. What do you think I did with it? That thing was gone. Wow. <laughs> Garbage. CSD. <laughs> you got it to throw it away? <laughs> Somebody got it for me for Christmas like an ant. Uh. I didn't think about who I'd want. I always hated that. That was the problem with getting any action figure as a gift. Even like I remember that with Transformers, with wrestling figures, mm-hmm. with superheroes. Transformers, Transformers, yep. yeah. They get you some C-list character, and it's never because you know why? Because the good ones are sold out. You couldn't get Bumblebee back in the day or Optimus Prime. Or Jetfire. Yeah. I mean, it was just all it was all the, the crap that was left over. The that ones the they would what's that? Trivia question for 80s babies at home. The first fifty dollar transformer was Jetfire. Really? Mm-hmm. I just remember getting those ones that transformed a cassette into cassette tapes. And I was like, this is not oh. nearly as cool. Oh God. Rumble. I forget their names, but yes, yeah. I had them. They went the sound wave. Yeah. Another uh, uh, trivia note. SD Jones is the first baby face to lose at a WrestleMania. Versus, wow. I thought it was 
George Wells versus Snake. Who, who was? I'm sorry. Who was it? Who did he lose to? Uh, he, King Kong Bundy. It was the second match. Tito Santana beat the Executioner in the opener of the first WrestleMania. Why do I think George Wells lost to Jason Snake Roberts? That was WrestleMania two. Oh, okay. Because he foamed. I remember him foaming at the mouth of the other Yeah, <laughs> that was a. That's something you don't forget as a kid. Who was George Wells? Now that I think about it. I don't remember. Wait, wait, isn't George Wells the author? It was something Wells. It was, it was an African-American wrestler, and he foamed around the mouth. I remember that when the snake went around him, for sure. You're right. Yeah, it's George Wells. Oh, okay. Uh, Not to be confused with H.G. Wells, author of The Time Machine. Or, or, yeah. or Orson Wells. Or George Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked tonight some of the big spots in this. Loved when Ray did that baseball slide into the Sunset Flip Powerbomb. Oh, that was pretty dope, yeah. Yeah. See, it's moves like that. That's where I wouldn't be disappointed if I were there live. But no, I mean, with I want this to, you know, main event of pay-per-view. No, but I think I would appreciate this match actually more in person than I did on TV. And uh, certainly would appreciate it more if we would have got a definitive winner instead of Samoa Joe entering, taking out uh, Andrade, and then Randy Orton coming in and taking out Ray. Yeah, and uh, this is another thing with momentum, right? Andrade has got some momentum coming in. I feel, and Ray is such a star, it's not going to hurt him to lose. I felt like having Andrade win two straight would really, you know, seal that deal that Andrade's got his number. It tells that story, beating him now four times, basically, in, in the last three weeks. Wow. I felt like that would have, uh, you know, helped get him even even farther along. Yeah, pardon me, uh, Randy took out Samoa Joe with the RKO out of nowhere. Um, I didn't but- like that. Yeah, it's it's the Royal Rumble, and I think this was actually a very subdued version. They've done this before, before the Rumble match. I mean, it wasn't it one year? I mean, yeah, where they have like six or eight guys come out and hit the finisher. They did this with the women, I think, last year. Um, so this actually felt kind of like a much uh, smaller scale version of that, with just uh, Randy and Joe coming out. But at least you had a couple top guys, um, you know, with Randy and Joe. I had a ride. It was uh, just Sasha and, and Rousey, right? Just yeah. that tag match. It, 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 so this at least ended with something hyping the Rumble. You know what? I don't understand why they didn't do those videos, those awesome videos that they do every year with like, you know, where uh, they do the numbers and it's like the Royal Rumble by the numbers and they'll you know, yeah. be like 12. That's yeah. the number of people that Kevin Nash eliminated. And, you know, and it, it, it shows cool. like the history of the event. Those are cool. You're right. Yeah. You kind of like this last week with the go home week, you don't, feel like this is the second biggest show of the year you know and actually yeah we we Royal rumble was always second i don't know why i thought huh. yeah well, see, i mean as far as buys and everything royal rumble used to always be uh, it was always wrestlemania then royal rumble was number two SummerSlam three and survivor series four um interesting i thought SummerSlam used to be like second i'm sure there were some years where it was um but when we were traditionally, it was. Oh yeah, it could have been too because remember the Roy, the Rumble, the winner didn't get a WrestleMania match until later on. Because and I felt like that's when we it. Were, we were seeing big time WrestleMania main events during SummerSlam when we were kids. Yeah, the first few were tag matches, but it was always the biggest stars. It was like Hulk and Macho Ooh. and Hulk yeah. and Warrior. Hello. Yeah, they were on the cover. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. Hulk and Brutus Beefcake. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. 
but uh yeah it, it, you just didn't feel like this event is huge we got a huge event coming up yeah no you do not i agree yeah <clears throat> but they're doing a lot around it so what we were talking about matt when you hopped on like they're doing access this year at the rumble that's a first they should they do it so well mm -hmm. and it's a great opportunity for for fans to meet their favorite wrestlers right not everybody can get out to mania i think that's a smart move I would go to Access anytime uh, it was held yes, around a pay-per-view. I would too. Yeah, Access is always a great time. Always get your money's worth. You get more than your money's worth, I will always argue. They do it better than anybody. Yeah. yeah. I feel especially if you're doing it at a stadium like they are this year, anytime you got that many fans coming in, it, it is good to give them more. And here's the thing. If the guys are doing their job right, which is – I'm going to tell you, like, I got to give you this side note really quick. While I was in OVW, I got advice to stop going out with the fans and, like, palling around with them after the show, like, in the parking lot. They'd all be waiting outside my car. I was OVW heavyweight champion. I was a baby face. I was the next, next big thing at the time as I was being booked by Cornette. <laughs> I was literally called the next, next big thing before I was the blueprint. <laughs> and uh, I had to cut him off in a promo, and that's where I came up with the blueprint moniker. I'm like, I'm sick of this comparison. Like, I was nothing like Brock Lesnar. He's a thousand times better than me. And he's, you know, an NCAA champion. I'm not like, let's stop this getting madness. So, anyways, long story short, about not being too close to the fans because if you do, guess what? They're not going to pay money to see you because you're just Big Matt from the parking lot <laughs> after a while, after the 12th time after the show. Right. You know, you, you've signed all their stuff. There's nothing more for you to sign. These are the same fans that come in week in and week out. So there's a little bit of a lesson in it that I learned early on. But WWE has new fans coming in and out for every show. So if the guys are doing their job right, they put themselves over like stars, but you don't act like a douchebag to the fans. But you, you also don't give them away everything. You don't pull the curtain back completely. Meaning like, oh, you like my match? Yeah, would you? Oh yeah, I got a five star rating. You don't you don't talk like that to him. I wouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. But you but you, there's a chance to steal, if you will, an opportunity to make them emotionally invest in you by by when you get a signature or a picture with them or whatever. That's your chance to make a quick connection with that fan, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I hope these guys do. These younger guys are thinking that way. They should be instead of just going, oh, I'm gonna sit here and sign 400 autographs. This sucks. No, and it's not just that. that. It's also, yeah. And also Use on it. social media, when they're just replying to every troll, yes, and, uh, yes. It, it doesn't make you look like a star. <laughs> it makes it you look like just anybody. And I used to do, when I was a TNA, I used to, Twitter was brand new at the time, 2008, I think I started on it. Mm -hmm. I used to do it all the time, and I had to catch myself. I hated it because I love talking to fans, right? Mm -hmm. But it was a job. My job was to try to present myself as to be the star as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I had to catch myself on that. Yeah. No, because we're sense. all fans. We're all fans. We're all wrestling nerds. Every one of us that, that you see on your TV screen are wrestling nerds. Yeah, that's why I, I like how Dean Ambrose does it. He he doesn't go on Twitter. He doesn't tweet. You know, he tries to keep that mystique alive. And yeah, uh, I respect it, that. You know, and I think that's a part of it. I've, they booked him like shit. <laughs> they did. This heel turn has been a, a, atrocious. But um, I don't know. The mystique he, was he killed tries. for me. I saw this week you could buy that uh, horrendous uh, Dukey Brown jacket he's been wearing at Forever 21. Dukey Brown. <laughs> so, yeah, kayfabe ruined. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Uh, so overall, SmackDown, better or worse than Raw this week, Matt? I always think it's better. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, this is a tough call. I'm going to say slightly worse, not much worse. Interesting. And I never I kind of agree. I, I, down every week is better, I always say. This is the first time I'm saying it's not. Yeah, I felt like most of the show felt like it was just there. Um, nothing really big happened again, a go-home show. I felt like if you took two hours of Raw, it was a lot better than two hours of SmackDown. But overall, I felt like the Raw had a rare uh, edge over SmackDown this week. I mean, we, we had an appearance from Brock, right? You know, one can argue, well, Vincent was in a segment with Daniel Bryan, and you know, and AJ, that's cool, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Nothing else really memorable. Yeah, you had the Mandy Rose match, which was bad. Ali getting squashed, which Ali's you know, that match promo was great, but it was taken away in the squash. Yep. Yeah. 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 Miz and Cesaro, it was there. It was it was fine. Um, so yeah, and then Mysterio and Andrade, it wasn't as good as their match last week, and the the bad finish kind of hurt it. It wasn't. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So uh, we missed this doing the podcast tonight, but Aiden English is on commentary tonight on 205 Live. Is that a one-time thing or permanent, Raj? I wonder if it's a tryout. I'm, I'm sure if he if he does really well that uh, they might start moving him into that role. Hmm. They usually don't do these things by accident. So, um, Well, why isn't he wrestling anymore? What's wrong with him wrestling? I like his character. I, I, did, I think maybe they... You know, maybe you know what it could have been. It could have been Aiden seeing the writing on the wall. They're not booking him at all, so maybe he pitched doing commentary. Could and, be because he he's been working at the performance center uh, on on the mic, so uh, uh, it could be his idea. Like he requested okay. to go, you know, pick it's up. Good, some, some but he's taking away a spot from a future injured wrestler. I feel like that's commentary. Is you know we should save that for them. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, what it's injured wrestler have you been seeing doing weekly commentary? No, I'm just saying, like, it's that it always seems like an option, right? I mean, Graves did it. Nigel uh, does it in the UK. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that that's the the second life yeah. option and opportunity we have for wrestlers that can no longer compete. Aiden, right. if he's in fine health, I think uh, that's an interesting transition to be unforced. Yeah. By circumstances, that's all I'm saying, and I like Aiden English a lot. I think he's got a lot of uh, potential left I in the ring. Too. Yeah. Um, and that dude is jacked. I mean, he, I don't he's think he's super skinny is what he is. He's super skinny, but super vascular. And yeah, you're right. He doesn't get enough yeah. credit for his physique and being a hard ass worker in the gym because you're not getting pushed guys. Let me tell you how this works. It's very easy to go, you know, I'm not on TV today. Fuck F the tan. I'm not going to the gym. I was going to play PlayStation all day in my room until TV yeah. comes. And then I'll walk around and try to act like I want it, but not really. And uh, wait for TV to come and go. And I'll go back to my room, maybe go out with the boys and drink, and then come back to my room and play some more PlayStation. He could easily do that, and he's not. You can tell by his physique. He's still busting his tail. So, Matt, you might have insight into this. I was wondering this during Jinder's match the other night. Uh, since he lost the belt and hasn't been the push, do you think he's finally had a cheat meal or a cheat day? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's... He's going insane, like with his workout. I've watched it. He, he, he's constantly changing his workout regimen, which is smart. Um, but you eventually get to an age, guys, where you cannot continue to lift for functionality, mm. meaning like CrossFit and these hard-hitting type of weightlifting styles that prepare you for wrestling. You have to eventually do like like um, like Triple H used to do in his prime bodybuilding type of bodybuilding where your muscles are more aesthetically, they're big and they're full or whatever have you, but they're not really built for to go. They're built for show, if you will. 
if that makes sense, right? The older you get, the harder it is to train your body to get muscles to go, if you will, functionality. Yeah. Because your, joint, your joints dry up on you. My joints, oh, my God, when I got ready for a bodybuilding show, my joints are killing me. They beat the smack out of me every day. I go, what are you doing, dude? You're 42. Stop. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> does gender, I can't tell if I'm just used to his physique now or uh, does he not look quite as jacked? Dipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if I'm just used to it or if it's uh, not, it's not sloppy or anything. Not even by, in no. my He's still jacked, but not. he's not quite as thick as he was there for a little bit. When you diet like that, you guys, it could be one meal that can throw things off where you look like you're retaining a little bit of water yeah especially when you eat super duper clean and you have the one cheat meal sometimes they'll bring your vascularity out like if i eat a whole pizza at a left field once a month that next day i look the best i've ever looked it's weird how yeah. that works but um who knows you to plan those meals around that schedule god bless them i know i couldn't do it the right i couldn't do it like that when i was there yeah. i tried i didn't look like that good lord yeah i think he's just not doing the vein popping thing as much lately but no he still looks yeah. in great shape yeah you're right he did, he does, he did, to be fair he didn't look this fast right right yeah um so let's see what else beth phoenix is going to be on commentary with renee young during the Rumble. i dig that i dig yeah. that she does a pretty she yeah. seems to work hard at it right yeah yeah john cena's right. injury is it a work raj what's the scoop on that apparently it is a work you know we had speculated on that last night i don't care. um <laughs> yeah so here's the thing like it seems remember we were talking about how uh lars sullivan versus cena was the original plan for yeah, wrestlemania yeah so it looks like what what it, what it might have been according to the observer was that lars was supposed to injure cena and take him out of the rumble match and since that never happened they just came up with this injury angle uh, so okay. you get him off the way to get around it yeah because he's, he's uh strong. he's got that movie I think he started this week. He he had said in interviews that he was starting on January twentieth, which would have been Sunday. Okay. okay. Is he going to get to cut his hair finally? Because that's please, that's the worst. Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah, so. seriously. Seeing uh, his, his hair needs like its own like signs and stuff in the crowd. Like it's that bad. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Let's see what else. Uh, the February class signing up at the WWE Performance Center. What's yeah, uh, we had a that? little exclusive what? last night. Um, Who's going? Yeah, so Matt, you're familiar with Sam Shaw. Yeah. Samuel Shaw. So yeah. he'll be starting at the Performance Center in February. Uh, he got uh, signed? Trevor Lee. Yeah, yeah, he got signed. All right. Trevor so he, he worked wow. from, yeah, he worked in TNA from uh, 2010 to 2015. Uh, so you can read my article on it. Uh, it was posted last night, but uh, yeah, Sam Shaw is there. Trevor Lee, Rachel Ellering, Karen Q, uh, ACH, uh, this Canadian tag team 3.0, um, Jonah Rock, Elliot Sexton, and Nick Camarado. So uh, Nick Camarado is a big guy, six foot three, two hundred seventy five pounds. The kind of uh, look that Vince likes. So uh, it's, it's pretty. Uh, Jack Class. There's a couple other names in there. I was not able to confirm them with the second source, so I haven't put, reported those yet, but I'll probably get those soon. Cool. Good luck to all of them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, Women of Wrestling debuted last week. Did either of you guys watch that? No, but let me make a little plug real quick. For the next yeah. trial camp, WWE, you need to bring in my buddy Chris. I'm not going to say his last name. He's six. This guy is six foot eight. 285 pounds, bodybuilder big, natural, 
been a lifelong wrestling fan, young enough in his twenties and wants to do it. And his fingers are crossed that, you know, they're going to call him back. You know, maybe he gets a tryout come this spring. It's supposed to be their next one to my understanding at the performance center. Cool. So I know, I know some of the guys watch the show sometimes. So pushing through you guys, the guys a stud. It'll make you a lot of money. <laughs> nice. Jeez, that sounds like that sounds like a surefire, uh, you know, at least in the door uh, kind of guy. It's a beast. As far as loves wrestling too, which is usually not the way it is for big guys. Big guys use wrestling. Oh, I'm big. Right. Be a wrestler. The dude, lifelong fan, like nerdy, nerdier to me even about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, what else we got? We talked about our picks for uh, the pay per view for the Rumble yep. on Sunday. Talked about that last night. Anything else, Rosh? Uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, did we, I mean, we got a busy weekend coming up ahead, yeah. you know, right Saturday night, right after takeover, uh, Sunday, right after the rumble, that's going to be a long show, uh, Monday after Raw, and then Tuesday after SmackDown four nights in a row, uh, coming up here, nice. you get a few nights off. Yeah. So Saturday after takeover, everyone join us back here for the wrestling Inc podcast. Of course, we'll be here, right. Uh, we'll be here as well after the Royal rumble, after raw, after SmackDown, going to be seeing a lot of us next weekend into the start of next week. Uh, Matt, anything you want to plug before we take this home? Nope, just want to tell the fans you're going to see four days of us, so you're welcome. There you go. <laughs> All right. Nice. Oh, cool. A bunch of stuff on wrestling. Sean Waltman, uh, our interview with him, the first part, he talks cool. about uh, he's turning down or he's thinking about turning down a WWE Legends deal that they're trying to sign him to. Uh, he's hinting that he wants to wrestle more this year. He's getting back in shape. So uh, huh. we'll see. Cool. He'd be re- he'd be really good for them to get into the developmental system to help these guys out. He'd be really good at that. His brain is crazy good for this yeah. business. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. He's uh, one of the better people I follow on Twitter as far as interesting analysis, and he definitely is still a big, big fan of the product, and it shows. Yes. So. Yep. Cool. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. I'll be tweeting along with NXT TakeOver, the Royal Rumble, Raw, and SmackDown. And until next time, folks, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.